This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats Podcast. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Centre Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. Yeah, we are here and so much is going on. We are in and out of sessions. Uh, James Clear is uh, talking on stage as we speak, but our guest has arrived and I'm so excited because UAE-based award-winning speaker, communications expert and performance coach, Sana Azam is launching her new book, Leading Speakers, right here at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Now, if you don't know Sana, and how can you not? She is the founder of Mina Speakers. She has trained hundreds of corporate executives and entrepreneurs in strategic communications and public speaking across the GCC, Europe, North Africa, and America. And we are so excited to have her right here at the Pulse 95 studios. Ahlo Sahla. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> we are so glad that you are here with us, Sana. Now, um, you know, you are somebody who has spent your entire career um, getting people out there to tell their stories in the most effective way, knowing how to communicate with confidence uh, and, and bringing something unique to the table. Absolutely. And the, the beauty of it all is that all of us have a great story to tell. We have information that we're sitting on. It's just about bringing out that story from each and every one of us. And, and it's so wonderful just, you know, when I'm sitting in consultation or sitting with clients, literally, whether it's a housewife, it's a CEO, it's uh, somebody in a, you know, a ministerial post, everyone has an inspirational story to share. It's just how do we get that out of them and structure it in a compelling manner. I'm just excited that the fact that you've finally written a book all about it, because you know, you've spent all this time, you know, teaching people the art and the secrets to it. So, you know, talk to us about your work and, and, and what you teach people on a day-to-day basis. Great. So the book that I now wrote is called Leading Speakers. And so I had spent a couple of years both studying this from an academic perspective and then being a speaker myself and training all these professionals. But then the question was, how do we get a novice, somebody who, who you know, is nervous, is scared? How can I get them structured in a way that they can be inspirational, motivational and, and informational on stage? And so I conducted a live experiment, and that's really what the book is. I brought in an intern from a university here in the UAE, and uh, it was marketed as a marketing intern. So she comes in thinking that she's gonna do the usual admin work. On her first day, I see her down, and I'm like, okay, well, we have a different project for you. You are gonna deliver an amazing speech for professionals in a couple of weeks, and that's that. <laughs> well, how did she react? Well, she looked at me, she was... So shock, fear were definitely the <laughs> facial expressions I saw. She, she remained composed. And then, so I dropped that. I was like, this is your deliverable, whether you pass this internship or not. And I left her for a couple of days to let all of this simmer. And then she comes back to me and she has some thoughts and all of that. She's great about it. And I was like, okay, well, let's get you structured now. Let's see how I can help you get this packaged correctly. And not only myself, but I also introduced her to some of the speakers from Mina Speakers Agency that I head up. And I let her talk to them and see what they had to share and what knowledge they had. 
And so she met people that we know, like Omar Al-Basadi, Sarah Al-Madani, Joy Ajluni, and the familiar names that we see are, that, are, that are leading speakers in the Middle East. And so we took down the notes, the observations, I helped her along the way. And uh, after a couple of weeks, she did present an incredible speech. I had people in the audience that were crying and uh, she did an incredible job. And we got some really live insights into how would a novice go about and how do they reason, how do we break down a lot of these barriers to make sure that she's super inspirational. One of the elements, because you've noted that audience members were crying. Yes. How do you move uh, an audience? How do you teach someone to work with people and get them to react in an emotional way? Ah, great. So first thing is, you need to know the journey that you're taking your audience on. It's not just about briefing, telling them the information you know, which we see a lot yeah. <laughs> on stage. It's about you telling a story and actually believing your own words and connecting with your own feelings. So it starts with you, like with everything else. Um, authentically conveying your feelings, tapping into that emotional database, and then conveying it as congruently to them as well. And so this is kind of how you can move them, but it's also understanding the journey. Where do I begin? What do I want them to learn? How do I want them to feel? And the beauty of all of this is that there are so many frameworks that we use that will help you with your storytelling, with your structure, with your intro, with your clothes. There are things that you can actually use. Mm -mm. It, it is a, an easy book to follow, an easy book for anybody. So you just wrote it for anybody to be able to pick that up because all of us, have to communicate in one way or another, whether you're giving a speech at work, whether it's to clients, whether it's at school, whether it's to your professors, whatever it is, everybody is always placed in a situation where you have to present yourself. Yes. So, you know, in, in my day-to-day -day when I'm coaching people, it tends to be very much in a professional context. But you're so right. We are When we're communicating, and we know communication is predictable, yes. and miscommunication is preventable. So we know up to 96% if a conversation is, is going to go downhill or not. So the way you start a conversation will determine the way you will close it. So say you're talking to your spouse, <laughs> to your friend, to your 100%, colleague. 100%, yeah. Even between husband and wife, for sure. And if you know how to start that conversation in a way that is constructive, instead of saying, well, you didn't do the dishes today, or you didn't pick up the kids on time, there are ways for you to convey that communication in a gentle manner that is constructive and will help them and help you achieve your targets on the way. So this is not just for business people, this book. The book is for anyone that wants to be a better presenter. Yeah. Communication and improved communication is for all of us. And we it have is. to start by mastering our own communication in order to improve our relationships, and as you may know, Sally, my mission statement is to create an improved state of the world through great dialogue. And so if you master your own, then you're able to really build peaceful relationships, enhance them in whatever domain that may be. Yeah, we, we need to talk more about that because you're somebody, your background is so inspirational and what you've done and why you set up Mina Speakers is inspirational too. And for such important reasons, we are going to talk about that. And we're also going to ask you, Sana, when we come back, about the biggest barriers to people being able to express themselves well, the biggest challenges that people face. That's coming up next on Life Beats on Pulse 95.
This is Pulse 95. It's a Shasha story. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Live Beat, Live Beat with Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Center Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. We are so excited to have Sana Azam with us here. She is the founder of Mina Speakers and she is launching her book today with sale publishing this is all incredibly exciting um, this is coming up tonight something that Senna is doing tonight uh, but Senna we would love so much for you to talk about your work with Mina Speakers because you with your background you're actually um, somebody who is uh, Arab as well as Swedish um, and you saw a gap in the market for telling the stories of Arabs of people from the region talk to us about that yes so when I was in Sweden, I had an agency that would represent business speakers or experts or professors. And then I came here and uh, there really wasn't that same type of agency work done. So there was an, a gap on the market. And then the same when I worked as a professional speaker, there were rarely, so often I was the only female on stage, often I was the youngest person on stage. And I was absolutely the only Arab on stage. Right. Even at Middle Eastern based or Oriental style conversations and conferences. And I'm going, well, something's wrong about this narrative. Why are we not owning our own voices and stories from this region? And so this is when the idea of, of setting up an agency in the Middle East for the Middle East by Middle Easterners or people that live you know, in this region came up. And it's been wonderful because I believe we need diversity of voices. And knowledge does not only belong to one set of demographics, it belongs to all of us. And now bringing on board uh, people from the MENA region, as in the United States, Middle East, North Africa, has been an incredible journey. We've been able to send out a lot of speakers to Europe and, and the U.S. sharing their stories. Yeah, yeah. And that that's amazing because representation matters. People need to be able to tell their own stories, not have somebody else tell, tell those stories for them. Yes, and I want young boys and girls to look at the stage and see that there is a role model, an expert, somebody with a with a voice that looks like them. Yes. And and that there is a possibility for you to be on that stage too. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, as part of Mina Speakers, so you provide keynote speakers, uh, event hosts, and moderators, but you also train people to become effective speakers. Yes. Now speakers um, from what I find is that the effective speakers tend to be almost like very friendly you're speaking to a large audience but you almost feel like they're your friend in a mm -hmm. way how would you get someone to do this without being overbearing or imposing yeah. because they're, they're giving a speech to a large group of people it's not the most natural setting mm -hmm. how do they maintain that relatability and friendliness great so that tells me that you're a very friendly person because this is your preferred mode of communication and this is how you'd like to be communicated too there are others, so the observation tells me that I have some professors or very strict <laughs> speakers <laughs> that aren't necessarily conveyed as friendly. They're conveyed as authority, as experts, as incredibly competent, but that friendliness isn't there and they will still get excellent ratings and they will still do exceptionally well. And so from my observation, I'm going, okay, I'm heading up this agency. I see the reviews of all my speakers, the very friendly guys or girls getting excellent ratings, the very stiff and almost professor-like speakers also getting great ratings. What is it? And so we deconstructed that. And it is that these people are speaking their truth. 
they are being their authentic self on stage in whatever your authentic self is whether you're the person that's going to stand still and communicate in a very structured manner or you're the person that's sweating and like going and rallying the audience what's important is that it's an expansion of you yeah and so it's not a one-size-fits-all model it's about you speaking truth being authentic and conveying knowledge in a way that is in line with yourself um, but obviously with regard to being of service to your audience that is so interesting you know uh, hearing that it's it's about people being authentic with who they are and putting that out there that is the most important thing it's not about how friendly you are how much you smile at the audience because that could come off as fake as well it would be lovely if you're smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very sweet, especially when we're smiling, our facial uh, muscles relax a bit and, and you would be perceived as more relatable. But we're looking at uh, competence, trustworthiness, and likability. Mm -hmm. So these are the first three criteria that we gauge for in every new interaction, right. whether that's you meeting a stranger or if it's you listening to somebody on stage. So because you're kind of gauging, am I safe here? Can I give this person my time and will I enjoy this experience? And so it kind of depends on how you assess these three, but we want to make sure that that first impression is ideally hitting the three. Yeah, yeah. What are the biggest barriers for people to be able to, to communicate effectively and to give uh, a speech that is memorable, that people are going to engage with? In short, it's lack of knowledge. Preparation? It's, yes, yes. Um, we get incredible results over a couple of hours. And so when, when people tell me, okay, give me tips, how can I improve? Or I get very nervous on stage. Please, just get a speech coach. <laughs> Invest a little bit in your communication skills. And, and in a couple of hours, I'm not even talking like weeks or so. It takes a couple of hours with a true professional that knows what they're doing. And then we're done. <laughs> You'll be coming and leaving those sessions very confident and like ready to be on every radio show, every stage. You're like, yes, let me show everyone what I, what I can do. Is it, is it a challenge when you, for instance, let's say put together, because I'm not sure what the process is and, uh, that you guys put together mm. is for a speech, but every second you give a speech to a group of people is a second you risk someone uh, losing attention or spacing out or thinking about something else. How do you help speakers remain uh, or help the audience remain engaged to their speeches? Because that must be a big challenge, isn't it? Yes. I think in this day and age, we are, I mean, there's a lot of spacing out happening. Yeah. You're in tough competition with the, the cellular phone, with your Instagram, with the Facebook, with all of that. One is that your audience is there for a reason because they want something. So it's okay if you're not getting the nods and the smiles all the time. Just be gentle with yourself and understand that your audience is there because they need you and they yeah. need your expertise and help. And then if every now and then somebody takes a glimpse at their phone, it's okay. <laughs> it's completely fine. But there are structures that you can set up so that you're keeping them entertained and engaged. And it's about stimulating the mind frequently enough that you're not sitting on one topic all the time. Yeah. Can, can you give an example of those structures? Oh, okay. So one structure would be to divide your speech into three main topics. So three main messages. Right, and under these three main messages, three sub messages. So um, I, mean, I can give you plenty of, of, but that's the core of it all. So divide your speech. So you say you have 30 minutes. Yeah. Three main messages that you want to convey. Message one, message two, message three. Divide that into 10 minutes each. Steve Jobs uh, Stanford speech. 
All right. So his main spiel was do what you love. And then um, message one, he had one message about death, where he says life in the light of death. Uh, how do you deal with that? One was about how his like calligraphy helped him out with the fonts. And so how his background prepared him for what he was doing. And, you know, he finishes with like stay hungry, stay foolish. He had literally structured his whole speech into three main segments. And in them, he had three sub stories or segments or anecdotes that supported them. And it was snappy. It moved on very quickly uh, without minimizing the messages that needed to be conveyed, which is do what you love. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great example. That is a speech that we all still remember to this day, and it gets millions of hits. Incredible to see that. Uh, and this is just one of the things that is in the book. We're going to come back with you in just a moment, Zana, uh, and give everybody the details of uh, your upcoming book uh, signing and book launch, which is happening tonight. That's next here on Life Beats. Keep it on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Live Bits, Live Bits with Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Center Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. Yeah, yeah, okay. Lots of uh, conversations being had off air with Sanazan because she's about to have a baby. So we are very oh, excited. <laughs> Excuse me. The news is out. Okay. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there because we were chatting off air about you, uh, you know, giving birth imminently, inshallah, soon. Inshallah, it will all go very smoothly and very well. We're, I'm just super excited for you. This is amazing. Oh, but you, you were talking about writing the book and you were saying, this is like my baby right now. <laughs> It, it, it has been a similar experience-ish, <laughs> I would say. But So it's been a two-year process yeah. of, of making this book from ideation to where we are today. And writing it, I would almost say, was the easier bit. Um, just getting it down on pen and paper, having the idea, that took me about a year. And then you enter the space of editing and wanting to get the language and the stories and all of that right. And then finding a publisher that you trust and that you like and that you will want to work closely with. I was really lucky uh, in the end, after having spoken to several publishers around the world, I stayed in the UAE with uh, Sale Publishing and Imam Bin Sheba. And, um, you know, in a conversation with her, I just knew that, okay, this is the person I want to work with. Uh, she can understand my narrative, my experience, and I'm just in the right hands. What was it about Iman, who has been on this show many times as well, ah. a, a friend of Pulse95, um, what was it about sale publishing in Imam that made you think, you know, of all the publishers that you could work with, this is who you want to go with? So it was a set of things. One were, if we get practical, the, the terms and conditions were reasonable. Mm. It, so she goes in with the perspective of really wanting to do what's best for you in the book. And I love that. There was that human element. When I dealt with the very big publishers, and you're just a number. You're yet another book, and they almost they're like auditioning you, and... I just didn't feel like uh, that was a friendly vibe. Yeah. And then I was quite keen on focusing on having something in the Middle East because they would understand the leading speakers from this region and they would understand what I want to do. This book is something from my heart and for this region. And I really wanted somebody to support me in that journey and really reaching out to as many people as possible to foster new leading speakers as well. So it was a, a good match. It was a nice marriage. Very few people are as passionate about books and publishing as Imam Besheba. So I, I, amazing that you've gone with sale publishing. 
but you're actually going to be launching the book today, yes. which we're excited about. Talk to us about the details of that. Yeah, I'm incredibly excited about that. So we're going to be here at 8 p.m. at the Georgia International Book Fair, and the book launch and book signing is happening here in uh, Hall 2, C22. Yes. Yes. Um, so this is the first time it'll be officially out. Fantastic. Are you yes. excited? Oh, my God. I'm over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be meeting everybody. You're going to be signing books. This is just phenomenal. You have to come down, guys, and meet Sana Azam. If you've never met her, she is an impeccable human being, oh. as well as somebody who is a leader in this field of communications, uh, of you know, uh, preparing speakers for the greatest speeches that they've ever given, really. Um, you do amazing work, Sana. Thank you so much, um, So it's very exciting to see that. At 8 p.m., Yes. people need to come down so they can be part of that at the sales stand as well. That's right, uh, lots to look forward to. And what's next for you now that you've uh, got this book out of the way? It will stay very close with me now. <laughs> so, you know, getting it out there is, is a priority. And then also finding more leading speakers from this region that we can bring on board, that we can um, work with to keep inspiring their audiences, yeah. not just here, but around the world. Amazing. How fantastic. We're looking forward to following that journey and uh, following the journey of the little one as well. <laughs> Exciting time. Sana Azam, thank you so much for joining us here on Life Beats at the Sharjah International Book Fair. I cannot believe it, Ahmed, but this is our last day. It's not your last day. You're back here tomorrow yeah. for the <laughs> afternoons uh, presenting as well. You've got more brilliant authors to speak to. But for me and Life Beats, that it, that's it for our live broadcast. How does it feel? Oh my God, unbelievable. I'm on such a high. I've got my session tonight with Ibtihaj Muhammad. Come down and say hello. Meet her as well. Um, this is the most incredible event and everybody, all of the authors that we've had coming through have said that, you know, that everybody's astonished by it, the size of it, the energy of it. It really is something else. But I want to thank you, Ahmed, uh, for being with me. It was an absolute pleasure, and I hope we can do something like this again today. Oh, for sure. There is so much more to come. Uh, but keep it here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.